0: Welcome everybody to another episode of the Doctors and Dollars podcast. I'm your host, Nate Cranell. I am joined today by Dr. Chris Reel. Dr. Reel is the owner of Elite Health and Performance, where he spends much of his time helping patients with chiropractic, acupuncture, and rehabilitative care. He also leverages his certified athletic trainer expertise, helping a local high school football team. He believes that chiropractic and rehab care can improve the body with better sleep, optimal range of motion, and the reduction of pain. He takes pride in providing education and empowerment to people with the knowledge and understanding about how the human body functions, so they can make the best decisions about their overall health and well-being. Welcome, Doctor Real. What's going well today? Not much. Just enjoying the weather here in Iowa. Yeah, we have a uh, we have some foggy, cool weather coming in, which is nice. It's fall, right? So it's uh, yeah. that's how it should be. I, I mean, I just talked to a guy in Michigan. He's like, it's unseasonably warm here. I'm like, well. In Michigan, they probably, you know, by end of September, early October, they're looking at snow. So I'm just glad that we don't we don't have to deal with that. Yeah, I'm getting into stocking cap season, so it's
1: kind of nice. I almost put one on today. There you go.
0: Can't cover up that perfect head of hair. What are you talking about? Uh, you got to keep it warm somehow. <laughs> Do you have a, a, like a big collection of of stocking caps or is it just kind of the yeah. whatever you threw the the elite health logo onto? I uh, definitely go with the white girl status of all the Carhartt stocking
1: caps, and then now I got Carhartt stocking caps with the Elite logo on them. So there you go,
0: guilty We're just going full Guil- f- full status. I'll I'll embrace it. It's fine. Guilty. Well, you grew up in a in a in a small town. Uh, Carhartt's kind of part of the attire there, so uh, yeah, absolutely. you, you got to rock it when you can. If you can do a little promotion for the business, why not? Yeah, you throw a logo on it, make a little write off, and call it good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Love that. Well hey, uh speaking of that, you grew up in a small town, uh multi-sport athlete in high school. You know, yep. uh a thousand different directions you could have gone, right? The the world was your oyster when you get out of high school. What attracted you to athletic training and getting that degree and then ultimately turning that into a career, you know, as as far as rehabilitative care goes? Yeah.
1: So, getting out of high school, I honestly had no clue what I wanted to do. Uh went to Central College, wrestled for a year. Uh really had no no vision and path of what I wanted to do. So that's where I kind of had a fallback of wanting to teach. I thought I, I thought I was really good at kind of handling that situations with people and being able to teach things. So I kind of went down that path, realized that was not for me when I did some shadowing. Uh, And there was a lot of math and stuff going into that. So I said, no, and wrestling (laughs) kind of, kind of dwindled me. So I said, "Hey, I got a transfer. uh, kind of get a fresh start away from Central College. Even though Central is a great town, great, great school, a lot cheaper now than what it was then. Oh wow, um, yeah. When they take away I, what they took away, their um, they made it like a a regular tuition now versus a private mm-hmm. college. Gotcha. Uh, so, um, and you can only get grants." being an athlete so you can't get scholarships at like central or all those private ones so mm-hmm. you had to had to get all those grants to pay down school and i said i'd rather go somewhere cheaper and figure out what i want to do um so that's when i ended up at uni and kind of talked to the advisor there and said hey i really like the teaching aspect but i also like the medical side and they were like well why don't you try try athletic training and try to see if you can go down that path and excuse me, I took the class, like the intro class and really found that like, that was my joy. Like everyone always says in college or high school, you kind of fail the classes that you don't like, especially like mine were like history of Middle East and <laughs> some some lecture classes. I was like, this is not good.
0: Uh, yeah. And then
1: I got straight into anatomy and the physiology of the body. And I was straight A student after that. So I kind of found that niche of I wanted to be in this program. uh, And from there, I I maintained my grades and really enjoyed athletic training, working with kids, uh, working with football, volleyball, uh, hockey. Hockey was my main one. I worked with a bit Mm -hmm. with the Waterloo Blackhawks and then just really enjoyed the rehab aspect of it. Uh, From there, I was kind of really looking at being a physician's assistant. So still gaining my athletic training side, but felt like athletic training i didn't want to work at a high school setting and work 80 plus hours a week for very minimum pay Mm -hmm. uh and there's there's a big fight right now actually in the athletic training world that says they don't get paid near what they should be uh so i i said no i didn't want to go the pt route because i didn't want to be sitting in a hospital setting rehab and working with the elderly all day which Mm. which is okay um but I wanted, I wanted people that wanted to be mobile uh, and more physically active. So with physician's assistant, tried to really apply for that. Found out that schooling was hard to get into. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of applications going out there. Very competitive, there yeah. Writing letters, uh, spending money on applications. And then you never hear back from people. And then it's like mm-hmm. a three, four step process to try to get into PA school. Uh, So did that. And then I really found, Hey, that wasn't my route. Uh, met a local chiropractor in Des Moines. He was kind of like, Hey, what are you doing? Told him my Mm -hmm. story. I was trying to go PA and he's like, well, why don't you try this? And I was like, okay. So I (laughs) found out Palmer Palmer was in Iowa. So I went out and toured it one weekend and i was like yeah i gotta do this and i felt like it was really a combination of athletic training with chiropractic both being a hands-on field was something i could really bring that sports background that i really have bring my athletic training and then and then long story took took over a clinic and that's where i've kind of really combined everything
0: as well that's awesome well was it uh when you say teaching obviously you you don't mean like standing in a classroom and you know, being a professor and teaching this kind of stuff, it's really the, the hands-on as you're doing the work with people, Yeah, you're just providing that education and giving them some of that knowledge to say, Hey, you know, your, your hips are off and here's why. And here's, you know, you're, you're talking them through that. And did you see that with the the PA? What, what attracted you to that? And what, I mean, you you sound like you were pretty strongly going to take that route. Like, would you have had that same opportunity to provide the teaching as a PA that you do today, you know, as a chiropractor?
1: Uh, so the teaching aspect, I really just like educating, I guess. So sure. whether that's with a client, um, I talked with a buddy the other day about he was a personal trainer. So even being a chiropractor, or an athletic trainer, you kind of have to still be a personal trainer. And teaching the aspects of exercise, movement, mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of relates to like what I like to do is I like to really teach um, whether that's anatomy exercises, what's going on with your body. But also like I have interns that come into the clinic now and it's it's great to be able to teach them what I know or kind of quiz them and being like, hey, like this does this for this reason, um, mm-hmm. which is really cool when it comes to the body, because I don't know, they relate. I always relate to the anatomy book. They always keep changing it every year for college, so they could just rack up the price on how much that anatomy book is. It's probably up four or five hundred dollars now. Yeah, but there's never there's never a new muscle in the body that's going to be created. There might be a new there's there's probably a new symptom based on a new virus, new new something out there that way that the body's fighting. But there's never a new muscle, new ligament, new bone like why are we changing the anatomy books so drastically every year that we're just up charging, but
0: that's great. I never uh, thought of that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love the teaching aspect.
1: And then I guess it was, it was kind of part of that, that led me kind of PA. You couldn't do it as much. I feel like mm-hmm. just because you'd be, you're under a doctor. Uh, I went to, I actually went to Des Moines university and took a tour of that as well. Really loved it. Uh, the cadaver labs and all of that was really Mm -hmm. interesting, but I felt like I would have got a great education there, but I don't know if I would have been as hands-on as what I am now. Uh, cause you kind of want to specialize where you want to be.
0: That makes sense. And I feel like, um, you couldn't have created your own practice, like where you are today and knowing what you've built now as a PA, you couldn't have done that. You would have seen a lot of patients. You would have had some great conversations. You might got a little education there. Uh, for them but like you still wouldn't have been able to like see people routinely I think is where I'm trying to go with this like you, you wouldn't right. you wouldn't have truly had clients or patients that were coming to you for care you, you they would have just been you know you would have seen them once or twice and then never again uh, right
1: and that's where I kind of wanted to specialize in cardiology because I had a big fascination with that so that sure. it was like all I would have probably been seeing was a lot of cardiology patients which in this mm-hmm. day and age now more probably cardiology is a lot of like elderly or higher age people uh, mm. whereas i felt with the sports background was more i could deal with everyone so like yeah. right now i i range from kids that are eight years old that are multi-sport up to a 74 year old runner that wants to try to run at the boston marathon so oh nice a wide range so that's i i really find joy in that to be able to work with everyone
0: yeah no that's really cool so wait you're probably, you're getting a lot of exposure to this once you, when you were an associate chiropractor and you were, um, got out of Palmer, yeah. you know, you were working in, in, essentially somebody else's practice. Right. Uh, and then, and I think that light bulb, uh, you know, turned on when it's like, I could, I could do this on my own and I can still see the same type of people, the, you know, the 14 year old freshman all the way up to the 74 year old marathon runner, but right. I could do it on my own. So tell me about some of the, like the thought processes and, decisions that you had to make as you were still being an associate knowing like, Hey, I want to go out and build something on my own and create my own brand and my own clinic. Um, talk to me about some of those thought processes and decisions that you had to make. Yeah. I mean,
1: everyone in school, like you talk to everyone at chiropractic school and they're all like, Hey, I want to, Want to own my own at some point? You just don't mm-hmm. know wh- when that would be. If you're going to do that right away
0: or later mm-hmm. on, so most people do go most, and be in. An, I say, do most do they start as associates and somebody else's? Is that the common thing? Most will. I would say mm-hmm. probably the average is
1: somewhere between uh of people like going associate and staying an associate is probably between that one to th- three to five years, right in mm-hmm. there before they actually okay. go out on their own, just because you don't learn the business side on it very well. So like managing your books, uh, the numbers, what you need to see, what you need in the office, like all that stuff. You don't really think about all that. So that's where, I had joined another practice. They were a little bit different style. They that that was the doctor that I met that kind of got me into chiropractic. So mm-hmm. very thankful for ever meeting him and allowing me to have that chance to be in his clinic after school. Cause it kind of it's still eye-opening when you go into a clinic. Oh I'm sure uh, and just and just learning. I, I felt like for six to eight months I was just constantly learning like here's the sales tactics. Like you're still a Mm -hmm. sales, yes, you're a doctor and you're in a clinic, but you're still a salesperson. Like you got to go in Mm -hmm. and you got to sell, sell your care and relay Mm -hmm. that you're, you're going to get people better. Uh, so that was a lot of learning there. Uh, I want to say the light bulb that kind of clicked was just enjoyment on my half. Like, sure. I just wasn't didn't feel like my enjoyment was fully there because I couldn't give my full capabilities of being an athletic trainer and then also having that chiropractic side on it. So that's where looking at other opportunities kind of started to rise. I had a couple interviews with some other doctors to kind of be an associate or kind of be a partner Mm -hmm. uh, and go into another clinic. But then I had a friend she was getting care of at this clinic and she was like, hey, they're they're looking to leave, looking to sell their clinic. Go check it out. So I went and looked at it, and four years later, that's that's where I'm at, and I own it. And it's been been a whirlwind the last four years.
0: Yeah. So, what are some of the things that you know? Obviously, the, there's that emotional toll, right? Where you're, you know, you're just not feeling the the excitement that you did on day one. You know, now that you're right. six, eight months in, um, I, you know, um, my mind goes to okay, there's to avoid the, uh, Hey, maybe this isn't for me because I'm not enjoying it. Uh, yeah. I feel like a lot of, a lot of docs could take that route. You know, they get out of Palmer, they go be an associate and it's, it's just the way things are running or not how they would want to do it. And they're like, man, maybe this isn't for me, which is to me, not the right thought. It's just, Hey, you're feeling that way because you want to do things your own way, or you, you feel like you could provide right. care a different way than what the, the primary chiropractor is doing. And I don't, I don't know. I I'm, uh proud of you for taking the route of uh no, I'm gonna I can do this my own way and I'm gonna go do that versus backing out and hey, maybe I will try PA school. Like maybe chiropractic's not right. for me. Cause I'm I'm sure those thoughts might have passed your mind every now and then, right? But um, Right Absolutely. And I kind of always had that
1: fall fallback of athletic training. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not like, Hey, with chiropractic, I could have been like, Hey, I'm not finding the job I want. Um mm-hmm. and it was also one of those like, Do I want to stay in Iowa? Like that was the big thing sure. as well, because are there as many opportunities in Iowa? Uh, I could get a job as an athletic trainer and maybe have a chiropractic side. I know a couple of people that he is, or actually a guy here, I think up in Dubuque, he is a full-time athletic trainer. And then he also mm-hmm. works as a chiropractor kind of on the side.
0: Okay. Um, he kind of the so, reverse of what you do.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, but that's based on his lifestyle and what he wants to do and also to pay off student loans. Uh, he can be a public service job at the school and pay off his student loans and then be a chiropractor. And then after that, be a chiropractor. So um, yeah. that's kind of the route he went. But yeah, I tried. I had some fallbacks. Um, and then, yeah, I tried to take that leap. I mean, it's a, it's a tough decision and you have to sit down and really look at, hey, is this what you wanted to do? I know we sat down and talked and had a meeting and like, hey, here's the purchase price of this clinic. Like Mm -hmm. what would this look like? Is this even feasible or should I do this? Uh, so that was looking at numbers and what you can do. I feel like my skills were always there. Uh, but yeah, like being at that other clinic, I just couldn't, I couldn't do all that just because it was a high volume clinic. You Mm -hmm. got fast pace. You're trying to see as many as possible Mm -hmm. and you just, you didn't have time to you, you create bonds, but you just don't have the time to give them your full, full care. And that's where jumping to this clinic, I could give full care, full treatment, spend time that I want to spend and then kind of build the practice that way.
0: For sure. you Yeah. I, I like that. You said you, you knew your skills were always there. It just felt like they were a little bit restricted. Um, yeah. Being an associate, whereas now you can kind of let loose and, and do what you want to do. Who are, you know, I, I know you and I talked, um, you know both as your financial advisor but also as, as a friend um about making this transition you know from associate to to owning your own practice who are some of the other people uh that you confided in and i asked just cuz there's there's going to be other chiropractors and other physicians that listen to this that maybe they're in a, in a similar boat that you were 4 years ago um, right? you know where they're they're kind of on the on the sideline they're ready to you know have the coach call them out and, and get them into the into the starting lineup so yeah uh who are who are some other people that you that you talk to that you can fight it in to say hey I'm I'm getting ready to make this big life decision personally but also in, in my career um yeah who's that uh so I would say my number one was my family
1: just to make mm-hmm. sure hey like sitting down with them um and being like hey do you guys do you guys think I could do this like they know my motivation they know who I am uh but it was also like, kind of looking for that value from them to say hey yeah you can go do this uh kind of reassure that and then my family is a very business-owned family uh Mm -hmm. so it was one of those like okay like emotionally side can i do this but now as business owners and stuff like that do you think i could do this on the business side as well so they were kind of the first ones that i really looked at from there i think talking financial advisor was kind of the big one. Mm -hmm. Uh and then just trying to talk to banks and then other chiropractors were kind of like chiropractors, PTs, seeing what what the what chiropractors and PTs do in their clinic, what they charge, uh, how they bill, but also like trying to trying to like talk with banks and seeing like, hey, can I get a loan for this? Like, what does this look like? What route should I go? Should it be like a small business loan? Should it be personal loan? Mm -hmm. Uh, should I pull out credit cards to try to pay to buy the business stuff like that? So I try to try to fold that realm. I guess that's kind of what I do normally now. Um, even in practice four years, I still reach out to multiple chiropractors, PTs, uh, other individuals to figure out, Hey, like, what are you doing different? Like, how do you, how do you stem your practice to make sure that you're still having substantial growth? Uh, Cause everyone gets to a point and then plateaus and you just want to keep growing. So trying to add sure. all that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know when I was a financial advisor that, um, you know, I had a lot of chiropractors as clients and I've realized very quickly, like you guys are a tight knit community, right? Um, yeah. Here, lo- here locally in Iowa, you guys have the ICS, right? Which is a, is a great right. organization. Um, I'm sure every state has a similar, uh, gathering of chiropractors, but you guys are, guys are tight knit. Uh, I love that you guys are open to guys and girls. Yeah. Right. Um, you guys are very open to exchanging information, giving feedback, giving advice. Um, cause there's, you know, there's a hundred ways to skin a cat, right. And, and everybody does it differently. And, uh, I think it's really cool even four years in and, and you do have a very successful practice, uh, you know, over there on the East side of Des Moines. And, uh, I'm sure there's, people looking at you saying, man, he's doing a really great job. And I'm sure you're looking at others saying, man, they're doing a really good job. And so right, right. that's really cool.
1: Yeah, it's always hard because
0: I look at other chiropractors, um, especially similar ones and
1: being like, oh, how are they doing that? Or like, how do they have mm-hmm. the day off and stuff like that? I'm like, "Oh, I got to be here and I got to work like that's I got to put the work in and I got to make sure that we're still growing, uh, whether that's reading books podcasts uh trying to look at numbers but also still trying to do the backside stuff like clean the toilets mop the floors <laughs> all of that stuff
0: as well the glorious side of the job right yeah and that's fun yeah i mean chiropractors you guys have great hours and maybe it's just my chiropractor i feel like he's open a couple hours in the morning a couple hours in the afternoon uh off on fridays uh and i always right. joke with which he's he's been around, he's a couple years older than me. So, I mean, he's, he's getting closer to 40 and he's been doing it for, for a long time. And, uh, I know that he even goes out and he, he travels the country and, uh, gives talks and lectures about running the chiropractic business. Uh, but that was one of the things every time I, yeah, I, I always hesitate to give him a hard time because I know he's worked so hard at it. Um, but again, that's just another level. And that's, that's, that's something that I think you'll get to, uh, at some point in your career, you know, um, as you continue to grow, as you continue to build what you're building, um,
1: it's going to be really yeah, cool absolutely. to
0: see what you do because you're you're definitely a driven person.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's where that that driven part of it is like, hey, I'm kind of at that point where I'll give you some information now. Like, I got a couple couple kids <laughs> out of school or or mm-hmm. in they're in the first year. Like, there's another doc that's an associate kind of taking over a clinic, and he's like, hey, what do you do here? I was like, I'll give you the bare skin, but like. I'm not going deeper into it. Like it's time that like we might do some coaching and kind of Mm -hmm. be like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta pay for some advice versus I'm not just going to, here's the silver platter and here's how you do it. Here's how I've done it. Um, I gotta kind of, I've, I've worked for all that information for the last four years. So Mm -hmm. in order for you to get that, like we'll look at stuff, but you got to kind of reimburse me somehow.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, let's talk about those chiropractors that are, um, they're a little green, right? They're, they're just coming out, you know, maybe they're yeah. going to be, they're going to be an associate or they're thinking about starting their own practice. You know, it's a big jump or a big step financially, uh, to yeah. go from being an associate or coming right out of Palmer, jumping into your own practice. Uh, if you think financially, if one of the, one of those young, uh, folks comes to you and, and asks, Hey, financially, what are some of the pieces that I need to tackle? You talked about the banks and talking to a financial advisor and talking to family and things like that. But I guess just personally, as you think about the student loans, as you think about building a budget, I mean, right. Some of these kids are 24, yeah. 25 years old coming out and you know, what types of things would you, whether they're paying you or not, or you're giving them the silver cloud, what types of advice would you give to right. them just <clears throat> finance wise, um, to kind of do that work-life balance between their finances? Yeah. I mean, Personally, you have to survive. So mm-hmm. when I took over the business, it was
1: personally I still had to survive myself. So I, you still have to know your personal budget. Yes, you get a little mm-hmm. bit more leeway as being a small business owner. Um, maybe you can have the business pay for certain things. Maybe you like your Hulu because you're playing your Hulu in your office, um, stuff yeah, like that. For sure. But uh, so you, you, might, your personal budget might dwindle a little bit. But then you also have to be like, hey, I can't just give myself hundred thousand dollar salary of a doctor Mm -hmm. and you have to you have to be like hey no my business bank account's just going to dwindle then like why would I do that uh so then you have to look at business wise like what what are the stuff you need to spend like do I need to go buy a new table right away or can I work on my $600 Thule table which is Mm -hmm. a very nice affordable like portable table and work on that for a couple years like that's what I did I worked on that table for two years before I hired Dr. Jake. And then when Dr. Jake came in, I was like, okay, it's time we invest in some tables and we'll make the space nice, everything in unison. But I mean, if I don't have to go spend $3,500 on a table and this one works just fine, like mm-hmm. I'll let that, I'll let that ride as far as I can. So like, especially for those kids coming out, like knowing your personal side, what you need to do to survive. And then business-wise, like how can you keep filling that bucket in the business to get to that point where like okay now i can buy something nice for the clinic um and then growing from there and then maybe maybe it's not buying something nice you get to that point where hey we're we're done buying expensive stuff or large amounts of stuff and now Mm -hmm. we can focus on maybe my pay is gonna go higher Um, yeah and that's what i've kind of looked at is growing my practices okay now that we're set with our gym equipment we don't need any more gym equipment we have two nice really tables we may need some other small things but nothing ten thousand dollars or more that hey maybe pay for for me can go up some or i just kind of stay where i'm at and then enjoy my life that way and then kind of grow the business there
0: yeah well said i mean uh the very first thing you said was talking around budgeting like figuring out your personal budget but then also i mean I know an exercise that you and I did was was sit down and look at the business budget. So it's like, if you have your personal right. budget, you have business budget, what's that total number? And then really reverse engineering yeah. math to say, okay, if here's what I'm charging, how many people do I need to see? Like what's Absolutely. kind of my bottom line? And again, you're right. You got to be able to cover all the bills for the practice, but you also have to cover all your personal bills. And so what is that number? And then obviously that's where exponential growth can happen is once you're covering that number pretty consistently, Um, then you are upgrading tables, then you're bringing in another doctor, then you're, um, doing some remodeling and, and, and all those types of things. That's super important. And so I think that's where a lot of young business owners, um, kind of get caught up is they, they don't want to sit down and do that budget. They just want to be like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to see as many people as I possibly can. I'm going to sell a certain product as much as I can. And I'm just going to go, go, go. And it'll all work out. It's like, well, you got to kind of figure out you got to do the math behind it. And I I think that's a a step that a lot of uh, young business owners and business owners just like you and people in in the healthcare industry, you know, I think they might miss that a little bit sometimes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what, especially too, kind of going back to it was I came to you guys as my financial advisors and was like, hey, Mm -hmm. here's what they're offering me the practice at. I had a business budget, my personal budget, but then I also had like, I think I had like four or five scenarios of if I charge this and saw this many people per day, this is what I can make in the month. Like, mm-hmm. would I be? what I? Be, I'd have a full profit loss statement of here's what the the year could be in my first year. Uh, and I just sat down in that whole first year and just said, hey, here's everything with rent expenses, bills, paying myself, uh, and then what the profit would be hopefully that month. And I mean, that's just throwing throwing a needle in a haystack trying to know hey people are going to come in like yep i i don't know but it's it's one of those especially even when you go to talk to the banks you still have that profit loss you have that budgeting everything there and they'll look at you and be like i don't know we'll give you a loan for
0: 20 percent, <laughs> like and you're like no like <laughs> <laughs> yeah until, <laughs> that makes until no you can prove, until you can provide a proof of concept that you can actually keep this thing afloat yeah right and that's always yeah. the hard part is you go to a bank now and they want I want two years of ownership
1: mm-hmm. I, who comes out of school with two years of ownership of a business yeah not very many people and mm-hmm. you just kind of you have to kind of float that and be like okay like i can do it here's what it is like here's you have to have everything laid out like from how much you're going to cost to what your full expenses are going to be luckily Mm -hmm. enough the business that i bought they knew all their expenses um i had to restructure the lease to make sure the lease was certain numbers uh but and then found out some other expenses were way too high so like i eliminated those and just came down to the bare bones and then knowing hey here's what my cost was and every day i go to the clinic it was hey i had to see this many people and make this much money and then it Mm -hmm. was just every day like you narrow it down to 365. All right. You take out some weekends. I normally just say, Hey, take out hundred days of weekends and vacation. So you're down to 265. Um, Maybe subtract 15 days for 250. All right. I have 250 days out of the year. What do I need to do for 250 days? Mm -hmm. And then try to see how much, how much you can do in 250 days.
0: That's a great approach um, to be able to back, back into it like that. That's, it's a good way of looking at it. And I I think that's uh, some good advice for, for a young chiropractor or any even a young business owner to think, yeah, you know, how do you, how do you keep this thing chugging along? Uh, talk right. to me, you, you mentioned earlier, like the, the opening up and be like, man, is anybody going to show up? Right. There's, there's gotta be kind of that apprehension of like, I know I'm good at what I do, but like, are other people going to know? Yeah. I, I know, you know, we had a ton of conversations. We, you know, obviously you met with your family and they said you could do it. Uh, you met with your favorite financial advisor, right? Yeah. Uh, they told you you could do it. How gratifying was day one, right? Opening that practice for yourself, knowing like, this is, this is my baby. This is something that I'm going to grow and nurture and and turn into something big.
1: Uh, It's very nerve wracking walking in the door that first day. Uh, So not
0: gratifying. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
1: It's very nerve wracking because you don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. And especially taking over a clinic that was already, already established, That was also nerve wracking because I did have two clients that first day that were previous clients of the other doctors. So coming in and being like, I may be totally different or a totally different style. Will they like me? Will they not like me? Um, And then (laughs) just trying to, I had a basis of how I was going to structure my practice, but to then go in and implement it is hard because you don't know, hey, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? Uh, I would say that took time to really know that. And we can talk about that here in a little bit or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but yeah, that first day was I think I'd been setting up the office. So I took over January 6th of 2020 was the first day I opened my doors, but I was in the practice for like the first like two weeks before that. So mm-hmm. trying to like clean the office, get stuff ready, set up my books, um, get bank accounts, all that stuff. Uh, and so when that first day come, it was like, Hey, okay, now it's client focus
0: and trying to really start getting people to come in the door. For sure. Uh, those people start coming in word of mouth. You know, you're in, you're in a, a decent sized town, uh, Bondurant, Iowa, yep. they over on the East side. Um, again, taking over a, a previous practice that I'm sure was respected in the community. You're kind of the new guy coming in, uh, doing things a little bit differently. Talk about, um, building rapport, that's, that's huge in the healthcare industry, whether you're a medical physician, whether you're a psychiatrist, whether you're a chiropractor, it's, it's really important to build rapport. Uh, what was kind of your, your tactics, I guess, to, to insert yourself into this new community where nobody knew who you were, um, and and build, build a business. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of yeah, a lot of repertoire referrals, uh,
1: Mm. the previous client or previous owners. Definitely making sure to clients being like, "Hey, Dr. Chris is coming in. He's very similar to what we do. He practices this way." Uh, coming from my old clinic, hopefully,ing that they refer to me. If be sure. like, "Hey, Dr. Chris is moving. This is where he's moving to. If you still like to see him, this is where he'll be at." Uh, so, hoping that works. Um, but the it was always the trick. Everyone always talks about it. Like, you gotta do. You gotta go door knock basically, and try to mm-hmm. get people to come to you. But in this age, you can't really go knock on someone's door because you don't know what you're going to meet. So you kind of got to my business tactic was I went to go look for local businesses. And I think that's kind of what I've really stemmed from over the years was I try to find out local people, uh, whether they're local business, local, local group or anything like that, and getting contact with them and setting up meetings and just learning about them. That's what I want to focus on. Nice. The more you can learn about them and then you kind of give your little two minute elevator speech of, hey, this Uh is who I am. This is what I do. New to town. Love to have you come check it out. And then you can hopefully get them down to the clinic and kind of show them around. So that's always been my my kind of sales point is I look for local organizations, businesses, community members uh within the area and then just trying to get to know them and see who they are because uh, then you can always be that person that refers so like if you're coming in and yeah. you're like hey like i need to know where to go get four new tires some good tires at a at a good rate oh hey go up here to up the street just in town say, hey dr chris sent you and they'll get mm-hmm. you taken care of kind of thing
0: yeah. yeah that's awesome so you got started uh you said patient patient care day one was january 6th 2020 yep uh i don't know if you remember this uh maybe it, it was just a, a slight thought in your brain but there was a pandemic that happened shortly <laughs> yeah. after you opened your doors uh oh, in march of 2020 yeah. how did that impact you uh both from a patient standpoint from a holy crap i'm in the first couple of months of building this business and all of a sudden yeah you know people aren't wanting to go outside Um uh, right what were some of the the obstacles that you had and then how did you overcome those when it as it relates to covid So kind of the main obstacles are kind of just what everyone else had. Uh,
1: What's going to happen? Like, are we going to have to close down? Uh, Are we deemed Mm -hmm. essential? Are we not deemed essential? Uh, What's cost going to look like? Are people going to want to still pay? Are they going to try to hold on to their money? Um, Mm -hmm. Can't go buy toilet paper. So, I mean, all this stuff was going on. Uh, But no, for the clinic, it was definitely hard uh, because I was just getting my basis like January January was really good. Uh, February, March was doing really good. Uh, and then we get to, I think April is when it really hit in Iowa. Uh, we started mm-hmm. closing stuff down. And I think I got a little worried because I was, I was, I think I just bought a house or I was working to buy a house too, to try to mm-hmm. move to Bondurant so I can be closer. Cause that's what kind of the, the chiropractor that I took it over. From he said like, hey, if you could get in the community, you'll have a better opportunity. So I was trying to do that, uh, but it, it COVID was crazy. Um, I think I would see clients and try to make sure stuff was clean uh, at all times, but also kind of reassure patients that it's just me in the clinic. So it was just me mm-hmm. in in the space. Like I I go from the clinic to home. I'm not going. I'm not going shopping. I'm not going vacations. I'm not doing this stuff. So yeah. like, if you you come to the clinic, it's just gonna be me. Uh, I'm not trying to expose myself to everyone. Um, so that's where I think that's where things kind of really started to turn around. Um, we went through that mist of like major stuff probably April to. I want to say
0: June, it's like July, July, August. Yeah. July, yeah. August was, was kind of when it slowed down here. Yep.
1: Yeah. Everything really shut down. Uh, and then I want to say August is when we started like the clinic started to really ramp up. Um, I kind of call COVID that blessing, blessing and curse at the same time because no one wanted to go to the ER or urgent care anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. especially if they're hurting with what they thought was a musculoskeletal injury. So mm-hmm they would they would seek out other opportunities. So us being essential, we could stay open and they would come seek out us. And I think that's what really started to ramp up the clinic and get people to drive in. So I always say it was a blessing and a curse that COVID happened, but I got fortunate enough with my budget stuff like because I restructured my lease and they gave me six months when I started out so I mm-hmm. could build my clinic for six months. And that six months kind of con- included that whole beginning and then COVID stuff started really hitting. So that kind of helped out. Uh, I was able to get one of the PPP loans, uh, even though I had just started, uh, they were able to help me out there. Um, I think it helped pay me for,
0: so I didn't have to write my payroll to myself for a couple Mm -hmm. months, which was really nice. Hey everyone. I wanted to take a moment to talk about what I do outside of being the host of the doctors and dollars podcast. I'm the CFO of grand vision capital group. At Grand Vision, we work with high-income earners who make a great living, but still can't quite break through that true wealth ceiling. We utilize strategically chosen investments tailored for high-income earners. The question always at the forefront of our minds is, why wait for retirement to finally live when you can implement an investment strategy that will impact your life today? To be honest, most of the people we work with never even knew these options existed because their financial planner doesn't have access to these exclusive investments. So if you're ready to finally turn your high income into real wealth, visit our website, www.grandvision.co and hit the take action button in the top right corner to schedule some time with me or even better connect, follow me on any of my social media accounts, shoot me a message. Now back to the show. Uh, we have Facebook over by Bonnerant. So
1: Facebook was doing, uh, they call, I think they were grants or something like that. Yeah. um, But they were they were giving out stuff. And uh, I think I saw it on a Facebook post and they 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 were like, hey, sign up here. Uh, I literally I think I literally put my name, the business, my and then address. And then a week later, I got a check for three thousand dollars in the mail like <laughs> hey facebook I, can do some things right yeah, yeah so i like look i and even when you looked at it at like the end of 2020 or 2021 they were still doing those those grants or whatever and like it was a full list like the application was like three pages oh, whereas wow. i only had to put my name and infor- like address in and they were like <laughs> hey and i think you had to put on a note there like what you would use it for yeah i just told i just literally just put on there like keep my business alive um, <laughs> <laughs> and I it worked. It worked, I guess. So, uh, but yeah, that's you had to really budget your stuff and figure out. Hey, I'm not spending money on certain things, and the fact that mm-hmm. it was just me in the clinic, I think it really helped out too.
0: Yeah, well, and as you're talking there, I I had my next question, but now I've thought of a new one because yeah, uh, I never thought of uh, what you said as far as because people were not going into to hospitals and to traditional clinics, you know, you know, healthcare clinics, they were seeking out, you know, alternatives, right? Do you think that COVID kind of opened the door for people to, uh, be more receptive to chiropractic care and rehabilitative care, like what you provide versus saying, Hey, I'm just going to go to my primary physician and see what they say. And they'll probably give me some, you know, Tylenol or, you know, something like that. You know, do you think it it, like really, it not revamped because chiropractic's always been around, but like, do you think it accelerated uh, the growth of chiropractic over the last few years because COVID happened?
1: I I would say so. Uh, it's definitely, I don't know, statistic-wise, like what that would really look like. But mm-hmm. I know for myself, it, it helped grow my clinic. Mm-hmm. I think it helped grow a couple other clinics as well. Because, I mean, the chiropractic rehab world is definitely on the lower end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in the Des Moines metro, there's only... I would say five or six of us that practice the way we do versus Mm -hmm. your traditional chiropractor. There's probably a hundred and some in the Des Moines Metro. So like when you look at the spectrum there, it's definitely way different. I do think COVID came around and gave people a different opportunity, especially like the chiro rehab PTs, PT, a lot of PTs now are going on their own. Uh, They're not in a hospital setting as well. Uh, And I do think it kind of led to people, seeking out other opportunities uh looking at it now now that we're heading to 2024 next year uh i think people are kind of starting to fall back into that traditional medicine of i gotta go to the i gotta go to the urgent care for for my nice. back uh, i think i had someone text me the other day and they're like hey like and they're out in my small town um like hey like my husband hurt their back can't move can't walk can't sit like should we see you or should we go to the doctor first i'm like well Mm -hmm. you're you're hour 15 hour and a half away like i don't think you're gonna make it to me um so i was like hey let's let's go to the doctor first just to make sure he can maybe get you something to calm the inflammation down then you can come see me if you can get down here um i don't like doing those situations but Mm-hmm. But it's also one of those, like, that's the best route to do there. Whereas like someone in Des Moines, like, I think they're, they're seeking out urgent care a little bit more now because they know mm-hmm. they can go back in and not get tested. Uh, whereas COVID years, like you'd go in, what's the first thing they're going to do when you get in there? You got to throw a mask on, you had a nasal mm-hmm. swab, and then you don't even know if you're going to see the doctor. you are probably be like, Hey, I have low back pain, kind of radiating into my glute. What are you gonna do? And they're like, ah, here, here's some anti-inflammatory, and then here's a mm-hmm. muscle relaxer. Let's see if that works. If that don't work, come back.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, we got people who are who have COVID that we're we're more focused on them than we are. Yeah, you know, your lower back and butt pain.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So I think that's the realm of yes, it's helped, it's helped grow, grow a little bit of the business side aspect that way of chiro rehab, PTs, um, that world. But I also think we're kind of falling back into that, hey, ERs aren't as busy, urgent cares aren't as busy. So we can kind of, mm-hmm. and there's more that have popped up. So, I mean, you look, I mean, a, a big branch chain hospital can go throw up an urgent care down the street at no cost to them. But for us, it, it takes a lot to go build something and stay substantial that way.
0: Yeah, for sure. But you're still growing, which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, you brought in a uh, second doc, Jake Campbell, right? Is that a little yep. over a year ago, like last summer? So he started oh man, uh February of last year. Yes. February of twenty two. Awesome. Yep. So about a year and a half. Uh you bring him in. Uh, how is adding Dr. Jake into the mix? How has that like improved your practice? How has it improved your work life balance? Uh, how yeah. has it helped you grow the business?
1: Yeah. Uh so starting out first, like that that growing the practice, like, yeah, he's, I'm bringing in another doctor and there's more, there's more clients and stuff going to be seen. But I look at it as an aspect of, I brought on Dr. Jake and it's kind of helped me rewrite like the handbook of what the practice really looks like. Okay. Uh, tell me more. when it comes, when it comes into uh, like, what are we charging? How is our structure set up? Like w- what does day one look like of when a client comes in versus releasing from care like what does that all entail like with costs um and procedures that way uh so that that kind of helped me write hey here's the full structure of how we practice and then we're gonna stick to this structure versus Mm -hmm. just kind of being up and down i felt like for the first couple of years i was kind of up and down trying to find hey here's how much we should charge ah like I'll be lenient here like stuff like that um whereas now it's hey here's the price and we're gonna stick to that and for sure like we're gonna be we're gonna be the best care and we're gonna we're gonna grow it that way
0: yeah um it it makes me smile to to hear you say that just because i mean we've known each other since we were little kids uh right you are definitely a structure driven type person. <laughs> so to hear that you started a business, went through a pandemic and you're just like, ah, I'm going to kind of go here and there and, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, that's not you at all. So a uh, great move bringing in another, and being humble enough to say, hey, I don't have to do this all on my own. I, I can bring in another doctor who can provide the same level of care that I would provide to all these patients, uh, knowing that it's going to give you some structure uh, that you crave, but it's also going right. to help grow the business. So uh yeah. great move there. Talk about like uh, work life balance. How has that helped you uh be more flexible with your work, be more flexible with your life? Talk about that yeah. and, and bringing Jake in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like, it's definitely nice having Jake there, uh, because I can kind of fall back. So like, taking days off or knowing a day i have off uh he's still at the clinic so we've kind of restructured our schedule enough that like hey we both get full days off during the week so mm-hmm. at our clinic we don't try to go too many hours on patient care uh just because patient care can really drive you down sometimes and if someone's doing 40 hours of patient care i don't know how they're surviving because that's <laughs> that's just too much work on 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 your body, but on your mental status as well. So you have to really mm-hmm. find your number of where you're comfortable. I would say right now, I'm still a little four to five hours above where I want to be on okay. my patient care hours, but we're working towards that. Um, cause our goal is to hire on a physical therapist, hopefully within the next year as well. So, but having him there has really, really driven me to like make sure that everything we're doing at work is at work and then home is home. Um, so that like hey I'm not doing work at home most of the time but he he's kind of led it into um, I would say at the beginning it was hard just because mm-hmm. it was like hey like oh I can do it like I want to see that person because I still have sure. a competitive side of hey I want to do this like I mm-hmm. hey, this is my practice like I got to do it I can maybe do it better like hopefully get this person better um, and Jake was still learning too because he had come from another practice as well and mm. then It was a high volume clinic, had to like learn scripts, structure, everything like that there. And then coming into my clinic was, hey, we still have some sort of scripts or we have a structure, but you got to kind of stick to that and then know, hey, there's stuff you can say, stuff you don't say. Like you still have to be you got to be a better salesperson here because I'm basically Mm -hmm. putting you in a room and giving you full trust of, hey, you got to go do this and you got to do it as best as you can. Like, I'm not yeah. going to be over your shoulder being like, Hey, are you doing this? Are you doing that? Like, I got to Here's what we do. I got to trust you to go in that room. Um, cause I know when I, I interviewed someone, uh, I interviewed a few people before Jake and he was like, I had talked to him and he was like, Hey, I'm like, what is your, what are your rehab skills look like other than chiropractic? And he's like, well, I don't really have any, I was like, ah, oh, like, I'd have to yeah. spend a lot of money to send you out, like to take these classes and do all this stuff. I was like, I probably not a good fit. Like, whereas Jake came in and he's had the credentials, he's, he's multi-sport athlete, no stuff, mm-hmm. had previous injuries. So that's where it's kind of that work, work-life balance there is I know Jake knows all that stuff. So I don't have to like, I still have to manage him, but I don't have to like micromanage everything he does in the clinic and can trust him that way. For sure. Uh, so that that's nice knowing, like, hey, like, if I need to do something right now, I could throw a patient on his schedule, or like mm-hmm. someone calls, we can throw it on his schedule. Um, and having two schedules wide open for people to get in.
0: Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, once he's uh once he's figured out the structure and how the practice runs, and I'm sure he gave some feedback on like, hey, do it this way or do it that way, and that that not only improves yeah. your practice but again builds more trust there. Talk about. He was a hire because he had some of that rehab uh, experience, past injuries. Like you said, you've obviously had past injuries, the rehab experience. Um, Talking about the rehab side, because you had mentioned earlier, like there's like five, maybe six other practices within the Des Moines area that do, you know, the chiro rehab model. Why do you think that, why do you think rehab is in the chiropractic world versus going to like a, just a rehab only place What are the benefits of having like that Cairo rehab, uh, I guess, tool in your tool belt uh, that makes you makes you different?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the key word there is like tools. So we use Mm -hmm. everything that we have in the office. It's just a tool for us to get you better. So even just the adjustments or spinal manipulations as a chiropractor, because that's what you're going to school for is to learn Mm -hmm. how to manipulate um, and adjust people. That's kind of the key term everyone uses as chiropractors. Uh, But then we have everything else from scraping tools, cupping, dry needling, acupuncture, got 900 square foot gym with I think total now is $15,000 of equipment in there between barbells, mm. weights, bought a nice treadmill here the other day. Um, all, this, all this stuff to really get you better. Uh, but I feel like our motto, and especially this is why it makes things different, is we're looking to get you in to mobilize your body So it's not, hey, we're just trying to get you in to adjust you all the time. Uh, We want to mobilize, but then we also, once we mobilize, we're going to strengthen and then enhance everything that way. So, hey, we're going to sit in the room for a little while. We'll do some soft tissue work, add add adjustments in as a tool to mobilize the joints uh, of your spine, uh, your shoulders, your knees, your hips, everything there. And then we'll go in and we'll work some exercises as well if we need to that day
0: for sure so you're yeah, trying to i've noticed yeah i've noticed on your social media lately like you've been uh you've been focused a lot on mobility uh yeah. so like whether it's that that 14 year old you know high school freshman football player or it's that 74 year old uh marathon runner retiree that we were talking about earlier like why is mobility yeah. important for anyone but definitely for someone who's going through chiropractic and and rehabilitative care why is mobility so important yeah I, it's just how strong are you in your joints so the more okay. your joints
1: don't move so uh i mean you look at hips and knees all the time right now people get arthritis in their hips which arthritis is not a bad term we just get told that it's a bad term so you go to the doctor mm-hmm. the person's like oh, i got arthritis in my knees like that's why they hurt mm-hmm. no you're your knees just aren't as mobile as what they were like. So you need to mobilize those. The reason that we're getting arthritis is they're just not moving as often. So then you get Uh degeneration of the joint. You don't have fluid moving through there. There are trauma and other factors that can lead to arthritis, but having that factor of mobility within those joints. And that's where like on my social media, I really post now of every joint you can mobilize some, some way, whether that's your Like from your wrist to your knees, your spine, um, you're really focusing and especially the program that I look at. So it's called functional range system. Mm -hmm. And with that system, you're really focusing from the joint and going from that that bone level of if I look at a hip or shoulder, that ball and socket joint, and then Mm -hmm. working your way out. So starting at the joint level, your capsule level going out to your ligaments, your muscles and everything there. And then how can you mobilize it, but also strengthen it at the same time? So a lot of the programming that I, a lot of the program that I do is yes, we're looking at internal external rotation of the joints because most joints have some sort of rotational aspect or yep. flexion extension. Then from there, you kind of notice, Hey, am I limited in one of those directions and then trying to, enhance that so our goal is to increase that motion but then also how can we strengthen that joint as well so then that's where you can kind of go into some other aspects into that
0: yeah that's interesting i would have never thought about that way because it's more um you know when, if somebody said hey explain mobility to me I'd be like oh that's just how flexible you are uh and so i just yeah. i need to stretch my you know stretch my hamstrings more often so i could actually touch my toes like i used to be able to when i was a kid and now i right and touch my toes in years so it's like Uh, I think of it more muscular. You're thinking more, you're going joint out. I think that's really interesting that there's uh, strengthening the joint. And I've seen some of the things, you know, where you're kind of, you're doing a lot of shoulder stuff here and a lot of weird ankle uh, stretching to me. I mean, I was thinking that was more muscular, but that's, uh, you know, you're going deeper in that's,
1: that's pretty cool. You're really
0: starting, you're starting at the main level. So
1: Mm -hmm. starting at that, that bone on bone, what does that joint look like? Like if you have Mm -hmm. a, if you have a healthy joint, yeah, you're going to be able to work through some of that, some of that stuff. But then the class that I took, they're like, if you have no joint where it's just, it's bone on bone, we're not going to get much out of that. Like we might, but you're at the point where, Hey, it's, it's just limited and we can't do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's okay. We could start somewhere. Um, maybe get some stuff going. I think the biggest thing I learned in one of the classes that I took is there's no, no wrong time to start some sort of joint mobilization or mm-hmm. sense sensory input into the joint. And this guy said in class, it was his dad was having a hip surgery and he asked, I think, I think it was the chiropractor. No, is the personal trainer so he trains a lot of like jujitsu people so he knows a lot of like rotational factors of the shoulder of the hip Mm -hmm. just because all the awkward positions of it so he was sitting in the hospital for the initial like initial exam and he's like hey like what can we do rehab wise right away and the doctor's like well he just needs to immobilize and rest and then we'll start mobilizing here in a week or two Mm -hmm. he's like he's like no we got to get that moving right now mm-hmm. and the doctor the doctor's like no like this ortho doc he's like he's like all right let's have a sidebar conversation and they went out he's like we can start mobilizing in some sort of isometric so an isometric is basically training that joint without movement so i'm not coming through that full range of motion and i mm-hmm. can get into a motion and then stimulate it by Like I'm pressing down now and trying to Mm -hmm. stimulate that joint. So my mechanoreceptors and then my nervous system is still enhancing that joint. I'm not moving it, but I'm still Mm -hmm. working on the muscle aspects versus getting that deterioration away from it. And I think that's a big factor, especially with the practices. You can mobilize a joint in any way based on what your connection is to that joint.
0: Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's a great segue into my next thought was, was really around preventative care. Cause I know like what you're talking about, could somebody realistically have, go through some exercises, whether it's, it's joint mobility, whether it's stretching, you know, kind of in its basic sense, but like, what are some preventative cares? Not, not to say that I don't want people to come see you. Right. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. But, but like, what can people do from a preventative care standpoint so that they don't necessarily have to come see you? Right. Right. Uh, and it's
1: so moving, going for walks. It's kind of the easiest answer I could give you out there. Preventative wise that way, just moving your body, uh, physical exercise, Mm -hmm. which physical exercise doesn't have to mean, Hey, you're going to an hour CrossFit class every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, it can be 10, 15 minute walks, and then hopefully increasing to somewhere between 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, walking has been found as that's the most beneficial exercises you can do with your body um and i it's proven that way especially and not very many people do it but yeah just being mobile mobile that way um coming and seeing me like i have a lot of people that come and see me routinely uh so we go through kind of different stages so Your initial stage is your active treatment. So that's where if you had an injury or something like that, we're truly trying to work on that. And then they come and see me after that active treatment and we release you from care. We'll do like maintenance or performance treatment afterwards where they're coming and see me every two weeks, once a month, stuff like that. And that's where I can really reinforce joint training because that's kind of my main aspect of what I do. Uh, And especially with even my own personal training, like I'll do my workouts, but then I'm also trying to train my joints and Mm -hmm. like my hips and my shoulders. And that's a lot of the videos I put out on Instagram. Um, But that stuff is so hard if you do it the right way. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because if you can get into and feel that level of, oh, I am really training, either I'm training my capsule of my joint, trying to Mm -hmm. enhance my capsule, or am I looking at, red stuff which is your musculature and trying to say hey i'm really hitting certain rotator cuffs or or aspects of the shoulder to train train that like i could say in high school like i could barely touch my toes in high school but Mm -hmm. now i could at least i could touch my toes easily now i am more mobile as Mm -hmm. i call it versus flexible um these days than what i was as a kid and i wish i would have known more of this now To apply back then. Maybe it would have been a better athlete.
0: For sure. Well, so it it sounds like mobility then, and some of the things that you're doing with, with different joints that can be rehabilitative care. If somebody has had an injury, they go through active treatment with you, then the mobility becomes, you know, rehabilitative versus you haven't had the injury. You're doing it more as preventative. It sounds like it's kind of both. So it I'm definitely, we're going to link your, your social media stuff to the, to the podcast when this goes out um so that people can check out some of the movements that you're doing a lot of this can be done at home right yeah absolutely you get
1: i mean i have videos on my instagram of me doing it out at a stop sign so i mean you can do it literally <laughs> anywhere uh I've, people that do this program or the rehabilitative part of it they're doing it in the middle of the airport because what are you doing in an airport you're just sitting for so time and then you get on a plane sure. and then you you're sit sitting more. again yep. yeah so those are kind of the you can do this stuff anywhere at any time which is nice and it doesn't have to be hey i gotta go do this for an hour like it's a couple minutes 10 minutes like you do your morning routine practice and that takes i think i timed it one time it takes three minutes it's like it's it's not a lot of work but you just have to you have to be consistent with all of it
0: that's awesome well where can people uh go see some of the work and some of the mobility stuff that you're doing i, I know your website's elite hp-ia dot com uh give us give us the social medias where where can people find your videos of you at stop signs
1: yeah so you so you could
0: off the website you can always go down to the bottom and both our
1: facebook and instagram are both tagged on there i believe facebook is elite hp ia and then instagram might be the elite hp underscore ia i always get them all confused with the dashes Uh, but yeah, if you just go to our website, our website's our main one. And then if you scroll to the bottom, it's got link tabs to those and can lead you to all that. Uh, and then if you find our Instagram, uh, we have a link tree to all our other information as well with hopefully more, more coming like a podcast, uh, about all, all our training, but then also some meeting some other doctors that kind of deal with the same stuff.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, Dr. Chris, I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, taking some time out of your morning to hang out with me. Uh, everyone's going to go check out all your stuff. Uh, we'll we'll get this uh, podcast out, you know, sometime soon to where people are hearing the knowledge, hearing the information that you have, uh, hearing your story. I think it's going to be awesome. I appreciate you taking some time to be, be on the show with us.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you having me. And yeah, if anyone ever has any questions, I'm pretty much an open book as of right now. But we'll, but I'm more than willing to kind of, Jump on a call or anything with anyone if they wanted to learn some more stuff. Awesome. Well, again,
0: appreciate it, man. Uh, we'll see each other soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Hey everyone, as we wrap up today's episode, I want to talk about the second opinion. As most of our listeners are physicians, you guys know the importance of having another medical professional's insight for a patient's treatment plan. But have you ever considered having a second opinion on your financial plan, or have you simply trusted your financial advisor? that they've already leveraged every strategy that your family needs to be 100% on track to meet your financial goals. That's why, for my Doctors and Dollars listeners, each Wednesday, I block off three time slots, an hour each, to provide a free second opinion of their financial plan. During this hour, we'll reevaluate your financial goals and your risk tolerance, we'll ensure tax mitigation strategies are in place, and ultimately give you confidence with your financial outlook because that is what drives a happy home, a happy marriage, and peace of mind. These three spots each Wednesday do fill up fast. Send me an email at nate at grandvision.co or head over to www.grandvision.co backslash second opinion to fill out a quick form about you and schedule a time for us to meet. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope the rest of your week is abundant. Cheers.